All right, welcome to the Monday edition of Couch Potato Diary. I am Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in today. The heat wave in Calgary appears to be over, so a little bit more comfortable doing things in the, uh, the, the Couch Potato Diary studio, which is our spare room here in Mission. Uh, but yes, thank you for tuning in today. Busy time in the sports world, as always. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at PrimetimeKlein. Twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. A lot of our interviews up on YouTube, although we are having some troubles with that right now. Uh, but you can find them Couch Potato Diary, and I am on YouTube as PrimetimeKlein1. Email the show, uh, CouchPotatoDiary at Yahoo.com. The music that you hear on the show is from Wasted Talent. Find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent with X is where the A's would be. They got some new stuff coming out. And you can find their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. So tonight could be the final night of the National Hockey League's 2021 season as the Tampa Bay Lightning take a 3-0 series lead into game four this evening. One more win and it's over. And I will say it's over. Most of the work I did today to get ready for this show was kind of okay. What happens if Tampa, like when Tampa Bay wins, da 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 da? It's like, well, hey, we got a show coming out Wednesday. Maybe even do one tomorrow if the, this whole thing does get uh, put to wraps. But I, I do want to save the coronation stuff and what is next for when this is actually over. But it feels over, right? Like it, it just the, the the Habs are making a couple lineup changes tonight, and honestly, my first reaction was, why bother? Which is a fine outlook for me to have, probably not the one that the Montreal Canadiens should have coming into this one. And to their credit, they have never given up. A at no point have they given up on this run, but it just, it feels, it just, it feels done. And I said coming into this series, Tampa Bay was just better, and through three games of this series, Tampa Bay has just been fucking better. Like, they, they, they are just so talented. And as I said before, they just come at you in waves. It is overwhelming, the offense that this team can put out there and kind of make you deal with. So Montreal making a couple of changes, uh, as mentioned, coming into this one today, and I don't want to just, eh, who cares? Because I, I do think that there is, like, at least maybe something to it. I, I just, and, and maybe there are changes you could make. I just don't know why they're making this one. Kotkaniemi is out, Evans is in. So the lines are to fully to know Gallagher, Caulfield, Suzuki, Anderson, Byron, Evans, Lekkinen, Armia, Stahl, and Perry. On the blue line, it is Sherratt, Weber, Edmondson, Petrie, and Romanov, Kulak. Uh, Romanov and Kulak in for Gustafson and Merrill. Coach Ducharme saying that it adds a bit more dynamic skaters, which... Admittedly, I never thought of Kulak as a dynamic skater out here in Calgary, but he doesn't suck at it. But I, I don't know. I, I understand wanting to have better skating out there. I don't understand not having Kotkaniemi out there in, in this particular situation. I, I like the, the potential for offensive upside. Not that Evans doesn't have that, but I, I just... I don't, I, I don't get it. I, I really don't understand what you're doing with this young kid who is a, a cornerstone in your franchise. And you look at the young centers. We talked about this in our preview show. The the young centers that you want to see take that step up for Montreal. Denoa's done it defensively. Suzuki, uh, Suzuki has done it offensively. Kakanyemi has had flashes and he hasn't really got there yet, but it just seems like they, they've just kind of been whipping him around all this time and he's been up and he's been down and he's been in the press box and now he's not. Like I just, Montreal's got to this point where they are in the Stanley Cup final, so it is tough to overly criticize everything that they have done to get to this point. 
in the Stanley Cup final, but I have hated how they have handled things with their young players throughout this entire run. So I don't, I don't know. I, I really don't like it. This seems like just a, a coach trying to change something just to change something, which when you're getting your ass kicked, I understand just wanting to change something, but still I, I don't. I don't love it from a Montreal perspective. For Tampa Bay tonight, uh, it sounds like Kalorn is inching his way closer. I had said coming into the series that Kalorn could be the bet to make for uh, top scorer in the series because you have that Deneau line that has done a pretty good job of shutting down even the best of players in the, the Stanley Cup playoffs so far, so maybe the Kucherov line gets shut down and Kalorn comes in. I, I don't hate the analysis on that even now, uh, although I will say Kalorn needs a six-point night. If, if tonight is going to be the last night, Kalorn uh, needs a six-point night to pass Nikita Kucherov as the top point getter in this series. It would be a hell of a, a hell of a lot easier if I had picked things over on the Montreal side as there is a three-way tie with two. And one of them is Ben Sherratt. Um, So I, I would feel much more confident if I had Kalorn coming in on Montreal instead of having to leapfrog Kucherov, Palat, Coleman, Johnson, Point, Goudreau. Um, yeah, like you just, again, I, I've said it before, go down this lineup for Tampa Bay right now and just see how how deep this team is. And I understand there's salary and stuff going on. Don't care. Just look at how just wonderfully this team has been put together and th this is why I liked them coming in and I have I have thrown out before that I thought Vegas was a perfectly constructed hockey team and then I thought well Colorado is a perfectly constructed hockey team this one is almost not even fair at how good like the 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 fourth line the maroon Colton Joseph whatever but like that point Kucherov Palat Johnson Sorelli Stamkos Goodrow Gord Coleman Good grief. That that third line for Tampa Bay would be a top six line somewhere in the NHL. I am convinced of it. On the blue line, Hedman, Ruda, McDonough, Chernak, Sergachev, and Savard. That last pairing for sure is a top two to pairing. Uh, top two to pairing. Wow. Top two defensive pairing on some other teams in the, the National Hockey League. Like, they are just, they are so freaking good and just so freaking deep. And if if it ends tonight, if this series comes to a close, there is absolutely nothing Montreal has to hang their heads about. And this was someone, and this coming from someone who's down in Montreal coming into the series after being up on them in the, the regular season. This has been an amazing run. It has given their fans an amazing boost at a time where a lot of us need it. There is nothing to feel bad about losing to this very, very good Tampa Bay Lightning team. I wonder if they still get the job done tonight. Um, that That is... Again, on home ice, we, we just, it, it is historical for sure. And these are not the Montreal Canadiens of the, the 70s and the 80s. Aside from the Flames back in 1989, it's just weird picturing someone else hoisting the Stanley Cup in Montreal. Um, again, the, the Bell Center does not have the same gravitas as the, the old Montreal Forum. But I, I don't know. It, there's just something about it. I, I'm not going to put anything on this game tonight. I'm just going to to watch and just appreciate what we are watching with the uh, the, the hockey this evening. But yeah, I th there's something about this one that says maybe this heads back to Game Five back in in Tampa Bay, and it's not just because of what the I think the mayor of Tampa Bay said that they oh love to see them win it back here. It's like yeah, done that before. I've even caught in that doing video games uh, before, so I, I understand like that could be a little bit. Ugh. 
Ooh. Yeah, you get you're playing with fire with that one. I don't think they're going to purposely lose so they can win it on home ice. That that ends up not going very, very well for you. Uh, the NBA finals have a chance to <laughs> we, we could just smoothly transition from one final to the finals in the NBA, as it is the Suns and the Bucks. They get going tomorrow night. And I am so interested by this matchup on a number of different levels. I think you have a legacy aspect of this. You have just like the on-court basketball thing. This is a blast. And if you're coming into this saying, oh, well, the Suns only got here because AD got hurt and because Kawhi got hurt and the, the Bucks are only here because Kyrie got hurt and then and Trey Young got hurt. Potentially fair points. You must be fun at parties because this is going to be Awesome. I, I'm I'm so interested in this series. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And is it LeBron versus Steph Curry? No. But this is going to be a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. And I, I just, I can't wait for it. So a couple of things I'm interested in in this series. First, how do the Bucks defend the Suns? Uh, the Bucks had quite a difficult time with Trey Young in the last series. There are very few Trey Youngs on this planet. I, I'm interested to see where Holiday goes, if he's on Booker, if he's on Paul, what do you do with Giannis? Who is he defending? I, I just, I think there are a number of different potential matchups that could be kind of series defining in this one. And I think the big one for me that I'm, I'm looking for, what is the Bucks' answer for DeAndre Ayton? Um, because he has been a difference maker in every series so far on this run for the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul has been like... Paul and Booker have been the best players, no questions asked. I am not even going to debate that for one moment. But Aiton has been a real X factor. And if you do not take care of him, Milwaukee Bucks, it is going to go poorly for you. So I I, I want to see how the Bucks are able to handle that and just this kind of the, this big three that the, the Phoenix Sun, Suns have of Paul, Booker, and Aiton. I'm really fascinated to see how they're going to handle this. On the other end, I... I don't see a Giannis stopper on there. Now, there are very few Giannis stoppers in the league, so it is not not something majorly to hold against the Phoenix Suns. I, I think Bridges has done a very good job in a couple of different spots in the postseason so far, but Giannis is just a, a completely other different animal. And so to say, oh, well, this guy did well against these guys, he's going to do well against Giannis, <laughs> I, I would have some concerns about that one. So the, the basketball nerd in me is really fascinated to see what happens in game one. How how does either side really kind of manage this one defensively? And then when all is said and done, I, I think the big storyline in this one, we have already seen the legacy of Chris Paul has changed forever because of this run. Just by making it to this point, Chris Paul moves up like 20 spots on the all-time list, and you can now legitimately have the conversation of him and Isaiah in terms of best point guards of all time. The Magic Johnson one is interesting. Do you consider him a point guard? Is he a power forward? What is he? But just from a dudes who aren't huge handling the ball a lot standpoint, it does kind of seem like we're in a class of two now with these two particular players. Does this win put Chris Paul beyond Isaiah Thomas as maybe the best point guard in the history of the NBA. The the thing that I have liked is that this one postseason has kind of course corrected where everyone had Chris Paul going into this. And it, it is now, he is now right where he deserves to be. And I, 
I don't want to say I was never a Chris Paul hater. I, I will I will not say that. I have always been a very big fan of his. But in the Chris Paul versus Darren Williams debate, I it turns out was on the wrong side of that. I always thought Darren Williams was going to be um, a better player than he ended up turning out to be. But still, Chris Paul, a win here really does, I think, affect the legacy for him. On the other side of things, for the, the Milwaukee Bucks... It gets things going in Giannis's direction very, very quickly, and it it puts like a five year block on a lot of shit talking that Giannis takes in the media. And after the way things went down in the bubble and the way that they blew things against the Raptors in 2019, you were starting to get the Giannis fatigue, and he was never going to get another MVP vote again because of how he collapsed in the playoffs. And again, they have been a little bit fortunate with some of these things, but as we talked about the other day, that is part of this thing. And the Milwaukee Bucks get to this point, also with the injury issues, to fucking Giannis himself, so shut the fuck up with asterisk stuff. I I hate that people are already talking about that. It is the grind of an NBA season that has led us to this point with these two teams in the finals, and they are the ones who have been able to, to steal the phrase, survive and advance up until this point. But for Giannis... A championship at this point in his career, like it it just, like I said, it silences so many critics and it just gets him, it kind of gets him ahead of a few guys who had to wait a little bit longer to to win championships. And then you look at what does it mean for the Milwaukee Bucks as a franchise just in general, as they had a... They had a good offseason where you go out and acquire Drew Holiday. That could have been a great season when they thought they had Bogdanovich, and that almost came back to bite them in this last series, and they screw it up, and you you sign Giannis to the extension, so that pays off a little bit. But now, if this hadn't worked, and, and say they do lose, lose to Brooklyn in the second round, A, Coach, Coach Bud is fired on the plane on the way back home, and then also you have questions about a team where you have Giannis locked up, you have Drew Holiday locked up. Like there isn't a whole lot of upward mobility cap wise for this Milwaukee Bucks team. They kind of are who they are at this point, but we could be saying a couple of weeks from now, yeah, the Bucks are who they are and what they are are NBA champions. Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. Find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent with X is where the A's would be. And check out their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. A couple other notes I want to hit before we call it a day today. UFC 264 is this weekend. By the way, normally I do Twitch after major UFC events. Not going to happen this time, which probably means no one's are, no one's limbs are going to get broken, which is fantastic. But I, I will be at an Okotoks Dogs game that evening, so I'm going to be trying to avoid spoilers as best I can all night, and then come home and buy the pay-per-view online and watch into the very wee hours of Sunday morning uh, before I get ready to go watch the Euro final. So, What are we watching for with this one? Some storylines to get into. We're going to have a big preview for UFC 264 coming up this weekend. But in terms of the storylines, there's four that I initially am paying attention to. What does Conor McGregor have left? That is the obvious one. A win here. The the winner of this fight gets a title shot for the UFC's 155-pound championship. I do not doubt that. It would be ridiculous if they didn't. For McGregor, he... A, we have seen he comes back in rematches quite effectively but also he blamed the long layoff last time and a number of long layoffs for 
his shortcomings against Dustin Poirier. That is not an excuse here. This is kind of, in terms of, it's it's tricky around McGregor, because I want to say in terms of relevancy, we know that is never going to be true. Conor McGregor is going to be the, the celebrity fighter until the day he decides to stop fighting anymore. Like, we, we have seen that this legacy thing carries on with guys for forever. With everything that's gone on in BJ Penn's life, you could throw him in the octagon tomorrow, and that thing is going to be doing mucho pay-per-view buys for the UFC. So, relevancy in terms of being a like big draw in the UFC, that's never going to go away for Conor McGregor. In terms of title contention, because the UFC's title system can be a wee bit fucked up at times, Conor McGregor is always one or two wins away from a shot at the UFC's top crown at whatever weight class he decides to call his home. But, of course they're mowing lawns outside. But, in terms of being a legitimate title challenger, this is it. This is the last chance at the dance for Conor McGregor. And we will see, was this last bout just a case of him not fighting enough? Was it because he he just had his eyes on too many other prizes and now he's going to be focused? Or in the time that he was away, has the sport passed him by? On the other side, Dustin Poirier, this is such a ballsy move. And I have so much respect for Poirier for doing this because he just had a legacy-defining win. And now to just run it back all over again, he could have said, no, I'm not doing that. I'm waiting for a title shot. Instead, he is... We've heard Fred Van Vliet bet on yourself. He's now doubling down on himself to prove that he is as bad as he says he is. And he is as talented as we've all thought he was for a very, very long time. There was a stretch there where Poirier, it kind of felt like he was... He's always going to be really, really talented, but he's just not going to get to that other level. Well, Homie has found another level. And now, with a win this weekend, he he moves into a another category and another stratosphere in terms of all-time greats. It gets him a title shot that we talked about with Chris Paul earlier on. He, he has the interim title, so you, you have that shot of him getting a belt forever and always, but now he has a chance to get the real one, and he has two wins away from that, and that changes the conversation entirely around Dustin Poirier's career. You, you have... Very much, for two different reasons, a couple of forks in the road for some major fighters in the UFC. And this weekend really decides which way two great careers are going to go. Other storylines I'm looking at from this weekend in the co-main event, it is Stephen Thompson against Gilbert Burns. A Stephen Thompson loss, we talk about relevancy, that's it for Stephen Thompson. You'll probably see him on some fight night cards still, but in terms of having another shot to work your way to a championship... Stephen Thompson isn't going to get a lot of benefits of the doubt because while he's had some exciting fights, he's also been in some of the worst fights in the history of the sport. So you are going to lose some leverage when it comes to those types of things. Stephen Thompson needs this win to continue on. I just don't see a loss here. And then Thompson is able to build that resume back up to where you believe in him as a welterweight champion, uh, or as a welterweight challenger, sorry, at the age of 33. And the same thing goes for Greg Hardy. Um, There is very minimal buzz about Greg Hardy coming into this fight. Thank God for that. This is actually one of the first times I've talked about him, because I just refuse, because I think he's garbage. Um, Going up against Tai Tuivasa, I do believe he is the underdog in this fight. And you are starting to see that luster is wearing off of Greg Hardy in terms of getting that mainstream sports conversation around him. Now, it's only Monday. Maybe that changes. But Greg Hardy, at some point, you got to do something other than be a former NFL player. And if he doesn't do it here, then 
Hopefully, this is an end to the Greg Hardy experiment. One last thing, Major League Baseball announcing their all-star rosters. I don't know what it is. Maybe there's a certain bit of nostalgia. Maybe it's just because I've been able to focus a little bit more on baseball this time around because of the, uh, we will call it adjustments to my working situation. But I am so fucking excited for MLB's all-star game. And there's, like, there's, the, 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 the conversation around baseball has been really shitty lately. Whether it be um, awful people doing awful things or the, the sticky stuff situation. And it has greatly hidden the fact that this has been an awesome season in Major League Baseball. You look at the storylines that are developing right now. You have Shohei Otani, who is just Babe Ruth walking among us, and we're just like, oh yeah, he's just doing it. Like, this is crazy what Shohei Otani's doing. He's a pitcher and a hitter in the All-Star game. That's fucking insane. By the way, quick side note, MLB The Show, make it a little bit easier to have Shohei Otani on your team. Traded for him on the show, and it's been a fucking nightmare trying to get that sorted out. That is a pointless rant, and I'm moving on now. You, you have Vlad Guerrero Jr., who has been this, he, he was a, a star before he even made the majors, and then he fell off because he was just good, and now he has turned into a super-duper star. You have Fernando Tatis, who has been unbelievable. Again, you have a marquee franchise in Major League Baseball in the San Francisco Giants who have found a resurgence, and now... It is a three-dog race in the American League West, or in, sorry, in the National League West, and that is going to mean you have a very good team in the National League East who probably isn't going to make it. There are quite a few storylines going into the second half of the baseball season that I think need to be focused on more than the sticky stuff. Baseball, for the 100th time in the last 30 years, just needs to get the fuck out of its own way, and they're actually going to have a pretty good product. But I can't wait to... Like, this is the most exciting group of players we've had in baseball in a very, very long time. And so to see Otani and Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette and Tatis Jr. and all of these guys in the same game at the same time, I cannot wait to see it all play out. That is going to do it for Couch Potato Diary with you guys today. Thank you so much for downloading and for listening. If you have any feedback at all, I want to make this as good as possible so I can keep doing this for as long as possible. So let me know. Rate, review, subscribe wherever possible. Follow me, Twitter and Instagram at PrimetimeKlein. Send me any type of feedback you have. You can also email the show, CouchPotatoDiary at Yahoo.com. Twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. Planning on doing a couple of things there this week. Um, like I said, email the show, CouchPotatoDiary at Yahoo.com. The music that you're listening to right now is Wasted Talent. Find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent, with X is where the A's would be. And you can find their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. If you haven't heard enough of me, hey, like I said, Okotoks Dogs Games. I got three this week. Follow me on Twitter for those the 6th, the 8th, and the 10th. So uh, it's dogsbaseball.ca to check that out. And also, General History Podcast, we had no idea. Really proud of the work that we did on uh, a two-part on Indigenous people in Canada. Suck to go back and research. Sucked a little bit to talk about. Probably uh, not the happiest of listens, but still, I think, some really good information. They're really proud of that one. This week, we are covering Terry Fox. Those come out on Wednesday. You can follow that show on Instagram at We Had No Idea Podcast. In place of all of those things, I'll be back two more times this week, Wednesday and Friday. Have a wonderful Monday, everyone. Enjoy all of the sporting that is going on, and we'll talk to you guys later. I'm out.